everyone, Casey Canton here on the Boom Howdy Network. And on today's show, we had the pleasure to sit down with WWE superstar Paul Wright. Uh, you may know him as The Big Show. And also the Sasuke sisters who directed the newest WWE studio film, Vendetta, that'll be on VOD and in select theaters on June 12th. Um, so it was fun to sit down with the Saskas uh, again. We've had them on our show previously when we were on Downright Creepy. Uh, talked to them at Comic-Con. They're, they're a blast to talk to. And we've also had a chance to talk with uh, Kane from See No Evil 2 that they also directed. So this time getting able to talk to uh, Big Show was, was a treat for me being a big fan of wrestling. So we had them both on. Uh, Vendetta is going to be part of an action six-pack series from WWE Studios and Lionsgate. So no word yet on if Saskas will be directing any of the other films in the series, uh, but we have them for this. So let's go ahead and start off our first interview with WWE superstar Big Show, followed by the Saska sisters. Well, it's a big show. I want to start off with your new film, Vendetta, which, to give our listeners a little bit of background, is the uh, story of an old character of yours about retired wrestler Captain Insano. So how was it to revisit this old character that fell into this life of crime? <laughs> uh, uh, I, don't think, uh, I don't think Captain Insano is anything like that. Just to grab it. Uh, Captain Insano has much better hair. Uh, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> My character... Uh, if I describe uh, Victor Abbott, my character Vendetta, it's a little bit kind of like the Kingpin Daredevil comic book character as far as the impeccably uh, dressed um, business thug, um, do-it-yourself bad guy, uh, underworld boss, uh, <laughs> who's the distant. Um, I'm, I'm an animal in, you know, inside of the suit, and uh, I end up being put back in jail by Dean Kane, who's a arresting officer and a good cop and an all-American good guy, which you expect from, you know, Dean Kane. Dean Kane actually goes uh, pretty dark. I do some bad things to Dean Kane, and uh, he kind of flips his script a little bit and gets himself thrown in the same prison that I'm in and cuts his way through my crew to get to me, and it's all about, you know, revenge at all costs. In my mind, I thought Captain Insano is just Vic's alter ego. So, thank you for clearing that up for me. There you go. <laughs> I get what you're saying, man. Maybe, maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe uh, uh, Vic Abbott as a kid was a Captain Insano fan. So, there you go. <laughs> yeah, one thing's for sure. Vic Abbott's definitely insane. So, there you go. And you mentioned uh, Dean's character getting pretty dark. Everybody gets pretty dark in, in the film as it goes on. I just, like, did you guys just sit and watch marathons of Scared Straight to get you ready for the role? Or <laughs> kind of becomes an elimination? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was funny though. I just born uh, in the scenes. I had, I was lucky and fortunate to have some great direction from the Sussex Twins. You know, Jen and Sylvia are wrestling fans, and so they they kind of knew the range that I didn't even know that I had as far as getting to the the evil dark places. And uh, I know a lot of the times at the end of the day shooting, um, I was kind of amused myself at just how violent and how um, ugly my character could get. And then at the same time, the stuff I did with Dean Kane, because, you know, Dean, you know, you see this good-looking all-American guy, you know, you know, sitting in a makeup chair, and he's scarred up, his head shaved, and he just looks, uh, he looks like a rough, rough dude. Yeah. Uh, I know that's my favorite thing in the movie, is, you know, when we first confront each other in the 
cafeteria in prison. Um, I'm, I'm giving him the, the lowdown on this is basically my house and my rules, and uh, he doesn't amount to anything anymore. And the look that he's given back to me, it's, you know, the dude got staring pretty quick. He had such an intense look when he stared at me during that scene, and it was it was uh, palpable sitting, sitting across from me. You could feel, you know, hatred and intensity and, and all the things that his character would feel. And, um, it was just a really, really cool experience working with somebody that talented. Yeah, it was definitely weird to see him. I mean, he legitimately looked evil in that scene. Uh, and he just kind of progressively gets worse, which rightfully so, considering what happened to him, which, no spoilers. But I, I feel like the, the film eventually just kind of becomes a real-life elimination chamber the deeper into the movie that you go. Yeah, it is. You know, elimination chamber, that's a good way of putting it. That's basically what it is. He cuts his, uh, he cuts him cuts away right through my crew and the path and, you know, it's literally revenge at all costs, you know what I mean? I mean, he, he, he uh, becomes a monster to get the monster, so it was cool to see him do that, and, and working with him was, was fantastic, I mean, he did 95% of the fight scenes, you know what I mean, and, and uh, he had a lot more fight scenes than I did, obviously, because he has to cut his way through my crew, but, you know, he's, you know, every day, he's five, six, seven hours of know, hitting the ground and throwing people and, and doing the stuff that he was doing. And his energy level was 110% every day. It was really cool to, cool to see. I know his stud double, Jason Day, is a good buddy of mine. And Jason was like, hey, man, tell him to take it easy so I can work a little bit. I'm just <laughs> going to You know, you tell him to let me do something. Let me do some of this, you know. And, you know, and Dean, you know, just had such a positive energy and uh, kept it going. It had everybody on their toes and, working great. That Vancouver crew uh, all the way down was so cool to work with. I mean, they were so fast and so efficient at what they did, and they worked well together. You can tell that that crew is, uh, in that area has done a lot of stuff together, and it was just really cool to be on that set and see it operating like that. I mean, we got that whole movie done in, what, 21 days? Oh, that's, like, yeah, that's a fast schedule. Now, since since you are in prison, I'm going to ask you, uh, what would be your last, if you had one last meal and one last movie, what would it be? I think I would go with probably Popcorn and Suburban Commando, because every time I see a wrestler in, in a film, I always say, well, does this live up to Suburban Commando? So, what are your thoughts? <laughs> what are your thoughts? What would be your last movie, last meal? Uh, uh, let's see. If I had one last movie and one last meal, well, I would definitely do um, uh, Pittsburgh style ribeye, definitely. I got to have a good steak before I went in. And my last movie, uh, it would probably have to be like an Eastwood film. I would have to go with like you know Grand Torino or Unforgiven. You know, maybe maybe Josie Wales, Hell Rider. I mean, pretty much anything Eastwood's done, I would probably 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 want uh, just to to have that last film in my head. So. That's an interesting question because uh, I never really sat there and thought about what was my last last meal before I went to jail. It'd definitely be something memorable because if you're going to be in there, you got to be eating more bologna sandwiches and PBJ or whatever they serve. So you want to make sure the meal was good. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Eastwood. I mean, he's a badass in his own right. So if you're going to be in prison, I suppose that or like Cool Hand Luke. Taker does so many cool things, you just like, I'd like to be that cool just once. You know, 
play cards with it the way he cuts a deck of cards one handed. It's like, you know, he cuts cards like a Vegas deal. You just say, man, you know, you have to do everything cool. <laughs> I feel like you're. I feel like you're selling yourself short because I feel like there's also. I mean, you've had a lot of memorable moments in wrestling in your own right, and uh, things that stick out in my mind just as quirky, awkward things. Because I feel like you're a pretty fun-loving, uh, easygoing guy outside the ring. I think it's sometimes it'll reflect with, you know, you did sumo wrestling, for instance, at WrestleMania. You fought Floyd Mayweather, which I say that kind of tongue in cheek, you know, but. Uh, so, yeah, I think you're selling yourself short a little bit. And I want to touch base real quick again on, uh, you mentioned earlier about how kind of brutal some of the stuff was and stunts. And I know that prison rules apply and there's, you know, no holds barred, but I still felt like that nut grapple was a little off limits uh, by Dean. How hard, how hard is it to fight in a film like that versus in the rain when you can actually make contact with your opponent? Well, you know, it's, it's the biggest difference between doing the fights on film and doing the fights in the ring, when I fight in the ring, it's continuous, you know, for 15, 20 minutes, however long the match is, you know, the action doesn't stop. When they do fight scenes in the movies, they break it down into segments, you know, and you do that segment. And then you pick up, when they've got all the angles they want in that segment, they move cameras, and then you either do the same segment again from a different angle or move on to the next segment. So it was a little bit different for me to try to get the positioning right, and, and that was a learning curve for me, where Steve Kane understood all of that and was helping me in it. He's actually, a lot of times in the movie, he's positioning himself to actually put me in the right place, which was, you know, shows what a cool duty is. But you really can't see your work. Like, in the ring, you can feel what you've done, and you, and you can feel from the audience, and you've got that direct interaction. Doing film, you really have to trust directors and your, and your camera guys and your other actors that are experienced in the editing room and then, you know, six months, eight months, a year later, then you can watch it and see, oh yeah, I turned out really good, you know, because what's actually picked up on camera and what actually is being shot is nothing compared to what you think it is. You know, you think like, oh my gosh, I missed that punch by three feet. <laughs> translated really well well vendetta is in theaters and on vod on june 12th and paul i just want to say again thanks so much for joining us on uh boom today discuss your new film uh i can't wait for the floyd mayweather rematch <laughs> hopefully <laughs> and uh continue continue success yeah yeah he doesn't seem to like rematches that much but hey man continued success inside and outside the ring uh, I look forward to uh, giving this film to everybody else to watch. I think the WWE fans will enjoy it. Thank you very, very much. Have a great day. All right. Take care, man. Bye-bye. All right. That was WWE superstar Paul Wright, a.k.a. The Big Show, talking about his new film, Vendetta. Couldn't have been a nicer guy 
kind of rolled with me goofing around about Captain Insano, so I appreciated that. Uh, but next, we're going to have a couple of uh, ladies that are very fun uh, group of people. I say group because it's two people, and they're twins. Uh, you may know them as Twisted Twins, but it's Sylvia and Jen Saska, and we had our own Eric Havens sit down and talk with the uh, Twisted directors about directing something that was not a horror film for once, uh, not American Mary, not um, See No Evil 2, not Dead Hookers in a Trunk. So their first foray into something that wasn't uh, horror, but was still a dark kind of dra- drama, crime drama. So uh, let's go ahead and hear Eric with the Saskas. Thanks for joining us. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for chatting with us. I guess the best. I guess I'll just hop right in, unless you guys have something you want to talk about, something on your mind. This is Celia. Only vendettas on my mind right now. It's prison <laughs> revenge, hot prison revenge. Well, I, that seems healthy. <laughs> but I, the thing that I guess where I'd start is I know you guys started off writing and directing your own stuff. Uh, I just wondered what it's like to approach something, a script that you had, like, that you see just as a director. How you approach that? How's it different? How's it a different challenge when you make a film that you didn't write? This is Sylvia. Well, it's really interesting because when we collaborated on Vendetta with Justin Shady, who is the writer, it was a very collaborative process. And he's also a really talented graphic novel writer. And that's kind of the style that we like putting into our stuff anyway. So it didn't feel as much that we were handling somebody else's script and just directing. It was very collaborative. Like, there's a lot of lines put in there that was not only not ours and uh, the actors, but, like, one of my favorite lines, wrong fucking answer, that was all Dean Cain. He was like, you know what I should say here? And I'm like, yeah, man, say it. Because, you know, when you're murdering people, you're on a vendetta. You get really distracted with what, what you want to say. This is Jen, and uh, we get so many scripts that unless there's material in the script that we're sent that we're excited about, we just won't be able to be involved because we take everything so personal. There's a lot of directors out there and there's a lot of gun for hires and then there's other directors who really have a vision and I, I just could never be a gun for hire because it, I just have to take it over and it has to be a very personal project. Not only for us, but I feel like the cast and crew all get really, really involved in our film. The, the, was this a vendetta? Was that a, a script that he brought to you or were you guys talking about ideas and then it formed from there or how did it start? This is Sylvia. That's so funny. We were talking to the head of WWE Studios, Michael Lazy, who's just absolutely fantastic and almost like shaking things up by hiring us. And he told us he has his uh, movie that he'd be interested in us doing, but it's not a horror movie. It's a, it's a dark action revenge crime thriller. And as soon as he said that, we are like, wow, that's very exciting because we've always uh, put stunts in every one of our films, but to do an action film, it's stunt work, stunt work, stunt work, and we're really excited about that challenge, especially because a lot of the things that we have uh, scheduled to do up next isn't necessarily in the horror genre, so this is almost kind of like our John Carpenter moment where mm-hmm. we went from horror movies into action Right. And was that... I, like you said, there's so much action in here. Is directing those scenes, is that a whole new beast? Or is that just something you kind of apply what you've done before? It's just a slight variation. This is Jen. Uh, you know, the main thing that changes between a horror film and an action film is the tone. In our horror films, when we kill someone, it has to 
to be one of those heart tearing out of your chest moments where it's really emotionally devastating. Mm-hmm. In an action film, you can kill nameless people easily for, you know, impact. Working with our stunt coordinator, Kamani Smith, who was with us in Sino Evil 2, and uh, Dan Rizzuto, who was our fight coordinator. We just had such a wonderful relationship, and it was so important for this to not be ninja cop goes to jail. This had to be like a real human punisher type story. So it was just something that we are in love with as it is. We love action movies. We love horror movies. We love all movies. And to have the opportunity to do something really violent and really kind of beautiful with the fighting style was a cool challenge for us. This is Sylvia. We we watched a lot of Death Wish growing up, so this this was always going to happen. I'm just so happy it happened now in our career. <laughs> I, that's what actually one of my next questions is because this it has like that high concept '80s action film feel to it, like completely, like a like a I don't know, like a real angry Tango and Cash almost. <clears throat> and I when you guys. <laughs> And I take that as a high compliment. We're 80s breath. For our favorite horror movies than action movies were in the 80s. Yeah. This is Sylvia. And you kind of miss those old 80s movies where you push a guy over the edge and he's like, nah, and he just takes right. everybody out. And you get really excited by those. And I miss those kinds of movies because we grew up watching them. So obviously when we got an opportunity for an action movie, we're like, okay, we have to do it just like the movies we grew up loving. <laughs> Right, no one gets to say wrong funkin' answer or catchphrases anymore. It's all, it's, that's gone, that air is gone. So. <laughs> yeah, I love a good catchphrase, and I think an action movie is a series of great one-liner catchphrases. Yeah. And if it's missing from an action movie, you know, I'll be back, that kind of stuff. You, you need it, because it's, you know, so much... It's as important to an action movie as a cool kill is to a horror movie. This is something I completely agree. And then the whole see you soon, that, that's why it has the, the, the music cue as it does, because it's just supposed to, like, drop kick your dick into orbit. It's like, <laughs> yeah, look at us, we're big. And the other thing I noticed is you used the Wilhelm scream, which think people seem to be backing off from. I, I don't support that. I think Wilhelm scream should be in everything. Same thing with the fight choreography, I imagine. You imagine you had quite a team working on that as well. This is Jen, yeah, because, you know, when you, you write a script as opposed to when you go into the location, the location is never what you want in the script. Unless you're like Stanley Cooper, can you build it from scratch, which people generally don't do anymore. So we had, like, the path of where the action had to go or the, the location that the fight had to happen. And we really just let Dan and Kamani just go for it because they're such talented professionals. Here's Sylvia, and it was amazing. Like, we would come into a situation and be like, I need a half-naked shower fight scene. And they're like, what do you need? And then I'm like, as much pushing against the wall and pressing down on the ground as possible. <laughs> Everything else for you guys is card launch. And they're like, okay, you really need that? I'm like, yes, I personally really need that part of my fight. And I imagine the big show has, knows how to do some stage fighting. Was was Dean Kane on board? Did 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 he have the 
the skill set to go or? Oh, this is Jen. We had to change so much of it, that fighting scene from the original script to accommodate a man like the Big Show because he can't trade blows with the Big Show. One hit and you're down. He's right. just massive. He brought in a lot of the choreography too because he knows what he's capable of and he knows what looks good and what sells because he just has, you know, what, 20 plus years of experience doing it. This is so we were actually going through the beats on uh, Jocelyn and his uh, fight and we had all this stuff and this move and he looks over at Jen and he goes, you know what I would do? And she's like, what? And he's like, you work for the door. And she's like, oh, okay. And he runs for it. And he just puts his hand on the back of her neck and pulls her in. He's like, you're not going anywhere. And I was like, I can't get out of this. And we're like, yep, that's exactly what he would do because he's so huge. He doesn't have to do anything fancy. He can just use his strength against you and that precision that he has for physical uh, combat. This is Jen. Yeah, just his grip is like a fire yeah, I, I I didn't realize because in wrestling you see him against other huge people, so I didn't re- exactly realize how big he was till I saw him in this movie. It's kind of mind blowing. This is all the guys are like six one, six two, but next to him they seem so small. We had to cast guys big because anything smaller, and they just look like children next to him. <laughs> yeah, and that. <laughs> Working, I, it was the second time working with the wrestler since so she did uh, Kane on Cino Evil Two. Is there any uh, comparisons to the two? Do they have the same kind of a, I don't, I don't know, uh, training? What they bring to the film is it was it comparable? Or are they two different guys? I know they're both huge. This is Jen. I think that the similarities really between Big Show and Kane is that they are huge personality-wise. I mean, acting-wise. They are similar in the way that I really do take offense when people say, oh, a wrestler, superstar, can't act. That's not true at all. They have to act and perform under the most strenuous situations with thousands of people screaming in their faces. And they can't break character. They don't get to do stuff over again. They only have one take to do it. So because of that, both Glenn and Paul are such consummate professionals that they are so ready. They're prepared on their material. They're off book instantly, which is a real nice treat to have actors that actually work on the material. And they come in with ideas, and they really both worked hard to make the character their own. This is Sylvia, and the nice thing was that uh, Kane got to warn show about us, because Jen and I, a lot of people don't know this, we are hardcore WWE fangirls. Like, we made Kane shirts for the first meeting we had with him. <laughs> we nerded all over him, and he, he was able to talk about his experience making like, you know, Evil 2, Paul Big Show White, before he worked with us. So it was, it was kind of nice for uh, Glenn to be like, listen, the twins are really good. They're they're a bit weird, but they're really good, and they make a good movie. And uh, Paul is just so much fun to have on set. Uh, I remember there was a point where uh, Dean Kane actually gave him an uppercut and made contact and punched him, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, but the thing is, Big Show, there are people that miss hits and hit him all the time. He's super strong. Nothing nothing is going to stop him. It's just impossible. I, said, I never understood that school of thought because, like you said, they have to perform like nightly in front of a live audience with no start overs. I never understood why people didn't think that they could perform in, in front of a camera where you get to take takes and you can do it over. It just seems a strange line of thought. Yeah, it, I think the big problem is because when they're performing on Raw or SmackDown, they're performing to a huge audience. It's like they're gladiators performing to a coliseum. They're performing so the guy in the back can see what they're doing. They know they have to duck 
dial it in if they're on camera because it's a small, intimate audience that you're performing for. This is Sylvia. The only thing that's kind of annoying about them is they always do everything in one because they're used to live television. So you try it there and you're like, oh, can you do it again? They're like, why? And you're like, because I want to have options. Because <laughs> right. that's how I do my thing. I know you're doing it perfect every time. Do it three times perfect just so I can shoot. Did, did they have uh, troubles breaking up the scenes and the shots and stuff? Did they want to do it the whole the whole scene every time? This is silly. They could do the whole scene every time, which was such a nice uh, treat for me because Jennifer and I really like to shoot winners. So everything has a nice winner for all of their coverage. And, and you don't have to stop and be like, oh, line, because they're so on book. And there's, there's a lot of big conversation scenes, especially with uh, Dean and Paul and Michael Eklund in the warden's office. Yeah. And I guess the one thing before I run out of time, you mentioned it before. So, was stepping out of horror for you was that any trepidation, or was that just pure yes, let us do something else? This is Jen. I I love horror, and I think no matter what we do, it's always going to have horrific elements. But unfortunately, there's some there are some people that are like, oh well, the twins can only do horror, so they're only horror directors. And I see myself and both of us as directors. And I feel that there's anything that we can do, and especially with growing into doing Painkiller Chain, it's important for us to show people that, yeah, we can do action, we can do comedy. My God, I thought all of our movies were a comedy until I showed them to an audience. (laughs) (laughs) This is so it's it's really um, interesting, because I was nervous that the horror fan base that has been incredibly loyal and incredibly supportive to us, I didn't know what was going to happen when we step out and do Vendetta, but they've been amazing, and they haven't... as diverse interests as we do as filmmakers. So it's nice to know you still have those people that started supporting you from the very beginning and they're following you through this journey. And then we're just working on our new film, Plastic, and that's also not a horror movie. So I don't. I think you're actually the first person to ask a question about that because we don't have any horror movies slated for right now. And it, it's, it's exciting, but it's also kind of scary. It is, and I know how the business side works, too. I mean, there are legendary directors that are still pigeonholed into doing horror stuff. That's how they get their funding and stuff. So I guess, really, when you get the opportunity, you kind of have to grab it and just kind of go for different genres. Because I know how the, the business will want you to do the same thing that made them money once kind of thing. This is Jen, absolutely. And it's not anything as bold as, oh, we're turning our back on horror. We'll never make a horror movie again. If it's a good script or if it's one of our scripts. Absolutely, we'd be really excited to do that. But I'd love to see what we can do with not doing horror, just for a few films, just to show people a little bit more of our range. Like, oh, it's still a Soft Sisters film. It's just, you know, probably equally as bloody, but, you know, in a different way. <laughs> this is Sylvia. It's bloody and it has heart, but not necessarily always, like, you know, buckets full. And then there's also Bob, which is our original monster movie, and that's definitely a horror movie, and that's a passion project. We're moving towards to get made, but... You know how it is. When you make something so weird, people are like, there's nothing else like this. We can't make it, which is kind of the same thing that we went up against when we made American Mary. Right. And I guess, really, that's it for me. Is there? I know you mentioned a couple projects there. Is there anything upcoming directly besides Vendetta that you wanted to give a mention before we let you go? Oh, of course. Well, we're in pre-production on Plastic right now, which is about a Beverly Hills plastic surgeon who gets himself into a hell of a lot of trouble with the Hollywood elite. And uh, I'm really excited about that one. Jennifer and I are shooting that in Los Angeles. It's their very first L.A. production. So it's going to be very different, but you're going to see a lot of familiar faces in there. Fantastic. 
Uh, well, good luck and best wishes for the film, and I'm sure we'll talk to you down the line again. Again, thank you so much. I know you're busy, so thanks for taking the time to talk. Oh, anytime. It was absolutely our pleasure. And thank you so much for supporting Vendetta. Yeah, and great interview, too, man. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Okay. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Yep, bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bad news. Victor and Griffin Abbott. Some key witness went missing. Both brothers walked this afternoon. Thank you for that, Eric. That was Eric with Jen and Sylvia Sasco, the Twisted Twins. Always a delight to talk to, full of energy, always enthusiastic, and wrestling fans, much like myself. So, again, it was a pleasure to talk to Big Show today. Saskas, check out their new film, Vendetta, from WWE Studios in select theaters and on VOD June 12th. And look forward to other podcast shows and interviews on the Boom Howdy Podcast Network. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can also go to our website, boomhowdy.com. Click on the podcast link, and you'll see all of our podcasts, including Nightmare Junkhead, Control, Delete, uh, Forever Bogus, Toondiculous, and coming soon, Boom Howdy and Big Butts and Monster Trucks. So we got you covered with horror, comedy, cartoons, Uh, the whole gamut. So if you're into podcasts, check us out, subscribe to us on all those aforementioned networks, SoundCloud, um, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and check out boomhowdy.com. This has been Casey Canton on the Boom Howdy Network. Thanks for listening.